By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I had so much fun coming out and visiting the facility at Parkland Flower. I decided to get uh, Kylie and Dustin on the show. It is so great to have you both here. Thank you so much for showing my wife and I around. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Thank you. Excellent. It Thanks is, for coming it was, out today. Yeah, it was, it was really so much yeah. fun and, and so neat to be able to see how you guys do things and i and i'm so impressed and we're going to get into it all with some pictures as well but i, I want to start and and i like to ask um you know all of my guests this and, and kylie i know you were on before but we'll give a refresher uh for our listeners and our viewers so kylie what did you do before you got into the cannabis industry uh, immediately before i got in the cannabis industry i was a stay-at-home mom and uh and i sold weed <laughs> so that was, uh, <laughs> so lots and not just weed flower, but, um, I, um, uh, that was kind of my little side hustle. That's what paid for daycare, put groceries on the table. Um, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I did a lot of cannabis education. Um, prior to all of that, I was in oil and gas in occupational health and safety. So, uh, moving over to a highly regulated cannabis industry was, um, was pretty second nature on that side of things. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, Dustin, what about you? Uh, I was, uh, during the daytime, I was a graphic designer, uh, working uh, digital media producer, that kind of stuff. And uh, in the evenings and other stuff, I was busy with cannabis. So I've been in the, been in that game for quite a while. So, uh, but basically I can I, I have a, pretty big background in graphic design and marketing. Interesting. That's uh, also something that's very important in a space that uh, you can't do a lot of marketing in. So that would certainly come in handy with that uh, creativity. Um, Kylie, why did cannabis become a part of your personal life? Well, I've been a consumer since I was a teenager. Um, I was introduced to it, uh, you know, out behind the school, out behind the, the community arena. And, um, and yeah, it's, I, I really enjoyed it and, um, progressively consumed, you know, other products as I, as I went along, we didn't get much where I was in Newfoundland. Um, and then as I got, um, when I got married, uh, my father-in-law was diagnosed with, with cancer. And that's what really started on my journey of, um, understanding how cannabis is medical aside from just you know uh something that you do with your friends mm-hmm. yeah it's it's such an important thing uh to to be able to you know 
use that uh, and, and that distinction of, you know, there is recreational, but it also is very uh, beneficial. Uh, what about you, Dustin? Uh, we heard about your first time in uh, one-hitters, but, uh, you know, why did yep. it continue to be a part of your personal life? I had two cousins that uh, very young had cancer, and I one day watched my uncle rolling them a joint, and I started asking why, and that's when I discovered the true, you know, the medicinal side, and then when I was in grade nine, uh, an ophthalmologist told my parents he would have prescribed me cannabis had he not, you know, lost his license, because it just, they couldn't do it back then, because I have uh, precursors to glaucoma, so, and other than that, I, 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 and I enjoy uh, the different highs. I do. Mm, I enjoy the. Yeah. I enjoy the experience. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there. Like I said, there's just so many ways that you can use this plant. Our our slogan on this show is that it's not just about getting high; it's about getting healthy. Nope. Um, but you can also enjoy getting healthy at, at the same time. So there's so many kind of sides. Uh, to the uh, the cannabis plant. Why did you decide, Dustin, that uh, I want to get into this as an industry, as a, as a career? What was that impetus? Uh, when they changed a lot of the cannabis stuff, um, I didn't want to go to jail for any for doing anything I was doing. Um, not only that, um, I wanted to grow good uh, a good product for people. Um, there there. I just didn't think it would come out of the big guys and I thought it would be a smaller kind of grower that would be able to do it. And, uh, and then I ended up having the, the amazing fortune of uh, meeting Kylie and, uh, and then her and I have just, uh, and then along with our other business partner, Dustin, uh, but her and I have been at this a long time and, uh, and we're finally here. We've, uh, we've gone through battles uh, against everything uh, with each other uh, uh, we've battled everything to get to where we're at, and that's what we ha- you have to do. It's it's part of life. We're we're like a brother and sister. And, we are, uh, and we're that we're we're doing it. We are um, we're we're doing it. That's all I can really say. We're we're now we're it's a career. It's it's a life for us. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle for us. It's what we it's who we are and what we are. We definitely eat and breathe it. That's for mm. sure. Well, Kylie, can you can you give us kind of the backstory of uh, you know when and and how and 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 why you guys decided to start Parkland Flower? Um, you know, it was just kind of a fluke. Um, I was working with a topicals maker uh, pre legalization, and this was like you know kind of right before um, um, everything was really kind of set in stone. What was happening with micro licenses and whatnot, and the the regulations were just being released, and um, uh, when we were doing some products that we wanted to put, um, like basically a do it your own mix, mix your own bath, bath oils with your legal cannabis and things like that. And I had to get some product pictures and Dustin's sister-in-law was my photographer and we were chatting about weed and she's like, Oh, my brother-in-law, um, grows and he's looking at getting licensed. And I'm like, what's his number? And she's like, well, like, and I'm like, no, no, no. What's his number? Like right now, like, <laughs> and I literally. I still have the got, texts. We got on the phone right then and there. Um, we had a chat and then we met for coffee two days later. And uh, Dustin brought a whole bunch of samples for me. And I brought a whole bunch of samples of the topicals we were making. Because our initial intent was to um, grow, um, 
cultivars specific for topical use. We 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 have a couple of cultivars that are really great um, for specific skin conditions. Um, that's of course down the road growth strategy, um, but um, that's that's how we met. A couple of weeks later, we. We got together with our my business strategist. We started working out, you know, budgeting and plans, and um, you know, money and things like that. And then, what what was it? November, November two thousand and eighteen. We were incorporated. Hmm. Dustin, what do you remember? Uh, you know, you still said you still have the text. What do you remember that first phone call? Was it out of the blue? Did you get any advanced uh, wording that your you know your life was about to change? <laughs> My sister-in-law texted and said, hey, I think somebody wants you to grow weed for them or something like that. And I was like, what? And she said, we'll call you right away. And they called right away. And I think Kylie and I talked for almost, I, don't, I can't remember. I remember my sister-in-law, Nicole, saying she had to sit in the car for like 45 minutes or something while we were just talking and talking and talking and talking. So. It's true. Oh, that is, uh, that's, that is a beautiful story. And, uh, you know, who, you know, you never know when a life changing text phone call or, uh, whatever might uh, come out of the blue. Right. So, uh, that is exactly. unbelievable. So you get Parkland flower started. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, we're going to show, uh, how it was built in a little bit, uh, in a way, but tell us about the decision, uh, to go with seeds, uh, right off the bat, as opposed to maybe flower. Uh, I believe as a grower, the grower was forgotten when the legal market, um, hit. And, uh, I just, I, it, it as much as I love growing flour, I, I just, there was nothing, you can't go, you couldn't go into a store and, and get anything that was worth growing. And so, and, and the other reason honestly is it, it was a faster way for our company to um, get to revenue so that we could continue to operate and, Cause it's tough getting licensed and we had to wait a long time to get our license. And we sat in an empty building, you know, ready to go that we couldn't really do anything with. So when the time came, we got a couple flower crops out and then we switched right to seed and, uh, and um, we, we started some seeds alongside our flower runs. And then we, we just, we got the seeds to market with the help from the guys at next generation consulting with us. And, uh, and uh, we just haven't looked back now. We want to get the uh, we want to get everybody growing. Um, as we say, grow with us. We want you to grow. Um, that's that's a big thing. I'm a grower, and I want to see other people enjoy really good genetics. Mm -hmm. Well, and and we're going to show. Uh, for those of you watching on our YouTube channel and our uh, social media channels, and if you're uh, just listening and you want to check it out, it's the cannabis. One on one podcast on YouTube. Um, you know, it was, we were so lucky, my wife Trish and I, to be able to come and, and visit today. And and you know, for her, she grew up on a farm. So um, this is just, I said, you know, that your I think your dad would be kind of impressed at this, just the whole process. And so we're going to show some of these pictures as we go. But you know, Dustin, what is the northern Alberta kind of Edmonton area, maybe outdoor growing climate like? Uh, you know, is, is it something that people can get into? Uh, if you're growing auto flowers, yes. Um, we've had a couple wet summers, so that's kind of, you know, it's, you have to find something that's mold resistant. Um, but the auto flowers in Alberta do really, really well. It's really tough to grow photo periods here because we have twilight. So unless you're going to do some kind of light deprivation to your plants, 
your your photos won't finish in time. You might be able to find a uh, what's called a fast photo, but uh, really the best thing to grow in these areas uh, are autoflowers. And you and there's really good ones out there from from a lot of great breeders. Uh, we've got some good one, really good ones out there. Uh, but the autoflowers, honestly, in this area are the best thing for anybody to grow. Can you just uh, explain for uh, anybody new um, just what the difference is between autoflower and and something else? Sure. So a photo period um, plant, basically, it, it, uh, it, in order to flip it into its flower mode, which creates the, the beautiful buds we all love to enjoy, um, you have to flip those plants. They need 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light. Normally, uh, in vegeta when you veget a plant, vegetative state, uh, we run it at 18 hours light and six hours of darkness. Because uh, so, the plants do like to sleep a bit and do what they do in their sleep. Um, but when you, it's time for you to want to change your plant and go into flower, you, uh, you basically change your light schedule to 12 and 12. And an auto flower, those can run, they run up basically on a timer. It's like, think of it as a time release. Um, you, with an auto flower, you put it in its final resting place. You don't transplant them. You put it in a nice big pot. And like I say, you, you set it and you forget it. You just water them and let them grow. They will flower on their own time period. Uh, generally, um, there's some that can be uh, done in 60 days, 70 days, some 80 days, some 90 days. But they finish without you having to do any of the, the light deprivation. They'll, uh, they're, uh, the Ruderalis plant was brought in because they grow in northern climates where they have a ton of light and a long, long days. So basically, they were bred in years ago to, uh, to create the autoflower. So it's a great plant to grow. They've come a long way in the last five years. There's really, really they're they're really catching catching some fire. So mm -hmm. indeed. Well, thank you very and much photo, for that. Uh, yep. No, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like I said, the photo periods. The the biggest difference is just your light. Your light. That's the biggest difference between the two. Same nutrients. Um, that kind of stuff. I Good would explanation. Uh... I would add in there the other difference, um, the advantage of photo over over um, autoflowers is the ability to clone. Um, like I see you're showing yes. pictures of clonings there. Autoflowers, you can't clone. Um, so uh, lots of growers like to breed out their autos and get their own seed so that they can grow them again the following year. Um, so that's yeah. that's another difference with the, with the autoflowers in the photo period. Mm, excellent stuff, uh, especially for people that you know are just getting into it, uh, or maybe some people that are looking to get more advanced. Um, Dustin, what do you guys have going right now? We saw some really cool stuff today, as far as cultivars that uh, you guys will uh, have available uh, for growers to to purchase those seeds. What do you guys have going? Coming down the pipeline for everybody, what we have is uh, we've taken green crack and we've crossed it with uh, green tie, Seattle Space Needle, uh, Lemon OG wedding cake, and also with crack itself. So people will be able to get green crack straight straight away. Uh, we've taken wedding cake and we've crossed that with a wild Cindy that we have, uh, Seattle Space Needle. Uh, we've also crossed that with green tie. And then we've also made some wedding cakes. The big one coming down though is a uh, wedding cake crossed with a cherry pie, giving up the old uh, ice cream cake, which is a real special one to get out there because we built them with two beautiful uh two beautiful plants that were sifted from quite a batch uh sounds like some uh, so much exciting stuff and uh, just seeing it all today for real um you know i i got excited you guys must get excited uh, every day when, when you come to work to kind of see like the fruits of your labor literally 
yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an every day is a uh, every day is an adventure around here. Uh, some days I'll forget to turn off a water tap, and uh, other days uh, <laughs> other days my plants treat me fantastically. So it's always fun being here. Every day is an adventure at Parkland uh, Flower. Awesome, I like that. Uh, what's the the process? You guys took took us through uh, the process today. It was so neat to see. So, can you kind of give us the, the the Coles Notes version of start to finish uh, for for you guys to get your seeds out there? Yep, sure. So uh, basically, we'll uh, clone out. Uh, if we're going to be doing a, a mono run, we will clone out the best. Uh, we'll clone out. Uh, a uh, set of plants, we'll take out um, a small batch of them and turn those into pollinators. And uh, once those plants have been converted uh, into pollinators, they have created feminized pollen. And we take that pollen and put it into the rooms with the uh, the females and um, and we let them do their thing. And once we get the, we let them uh, grow for uh, eight to 10 weeks, depending on the cultivar. Uh, some might even go 11, just so we can get the most ripe seed uh, and the best seeds possible. And uh, uh, we take the plants out, we cut them, we dry them so that they are bone dry to get all the seeds out and to make sure that uh, there's no chance for anything to, no mold or anything to wreck the plants. So we dry them really, really fast, especially for seeds. And, and, uh, and that's basically, and then we get the seeds out and package them up. As you can see, we've got trays and trays of auto uh, Northern Lights autoflower seeds there. So um, that's really the, the quick version. We just, we take plants, uh, we take a small set of them, uh, flip them so they can create feminized pollen, pollinate the females and outcome feminized seeds. Beautiful. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing process and I'm sure, uh, growers, uh, in Alberta and beyond are uh, going to be really excited about this. And, and, you know, you guys literally, literally stand behind this product. Like there is literally your phone number on this product uh, for, for customers to reach out to Kylie. Your phone number. Yeah. It is my oh. phone number on the package. So you can't get my phone number unless you buy our seats. <laughs> 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 I like that. I, I like that. What is that you buy, like, though? You buy the seeds and you get my phone number. Um, well, we have to have a phone number, first of all, by law. Uh, that is a regulatory requirement from Health Canada that there needs to be a customer service phone number. Um, there doesn't really seem to be a point to for us to just like have a landline at our facility if I'm not there or we don't have someone there full time. So uh, we want to make sure that anytime somebody has a question, a concern or a comment that there's always going to be someone available to speak to them. Right now, that person is me. Um, and that's simply because we're we're a startup. We we wear many hats. Um, you know, at some point we will be able to hire a customer service rep that um, will be handle be able to handle those those phone calls along with other administrative duties. Um, but for right now, it is it is me. I love getting phone calls from customers. Um, I you know customer service was something that um, I, I've done at at other um, at other careers in my life, and um, you know I I had a customer uh, I think it was about two or three weeks ago. Uh, a lovely woman, um, just starting to grow cannabis, and she had like a, what she called, a, it was like an arrow garden, 
I'm, I'm guessing it's like a little mini hydroponic setup. And uh, she was so excited. Um, she was a bit nervous though, because only two seeds had popped. And so, you know, I talked to her about that and um, and how she germinated them. And did she follow the instructions that we had? Cause we put, we do put germination instructions. And it turns out what she had done was she had over, she had over nutrient, like she had, mm. she had actually uh, locked them out, um, like uh, put nutrients right on the seeds. Whereas we recommend you only use distilled water. Seeds come with their own little sack of nutrients. Like they, they've got their lifeblood right there. You just need water to crack them open and get them started. Um, so, you know, that's a, a common mistake that, that new growers uh, do. But she was so excited because then I told her, uh, you know, I asked her which cultivar she had purchased and that was Critical Magic. And it turns out Critical Magic is just an awesome cloning uh, plant. Uh, lots of great bud sites. So I just told her, you know, grow them out for about two or three weeks. You'll be able to take a couple of cuttings and you'll be able to put those in your other, um, you know, in the other spaces you have left in your arrow cloner and, and you'll be good to go. And she was so happy. And, and, you know, when you can really give that first rate customer service as a small, uh, a small company, they're talking to the owners, they're talking to people that, you know, care about what the outcome is of those phone calls. And they're right there on the front lines. I think that makes a big difference. And, um, you know, I haven't really had anybody call in complain that didn't hang up the phone and were happy with, with, um, with our, um, you know, our, our solution, um, or our, um, extra information that we were able to provide. So, uh, that's wonderful. Like that, you know, when you can, you know, sure somebody might uh, call in thinking one thing, but if you can send them out uh, the other side, that that ideally is, uh, you know, the heart of customer service. So, uh, you know, I, I applaud you for, you know, <laughs> taking those calls first of all, and I'm glad that a lot of them have uh, have worked out uh, so well in, in that regard because. You know, our industry, basically, this industry is being built on customer service. Is it not, Kylie? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Customer service and the quality of the product, for sure. And when that quality is not where um, that customer is expecting it, um, most times customers just want to be heard and they want to know that they're being listened to. And um, and that's important. Um, you know, you're talking about farming. Uh, you're talking about plants, uh, seeds, things go wrong. Uh, you might have an off harvest or uh, you might have rogue pollen where maybe uh, one or two seeds weren't feminized or anything. Anything could happen in that sense. And so you want to make sure that when you have these types of um, uh challenges that you have answers um, for them. And, um, you know, what I love as well is that most of our consumers, like most of our, our, our customers are like right in our neighborhood. Um, you know, they're, they're in the Edmonton or the Stony Plain or Spruce Grove area. And, um, you know, we've had customers that might have one or two seeds not pop. And I was like, you know, I'm so sorry that happened. Would you like to come for a tour? And we've done that as mm. well. And, you know, had, had, because that's, you know, that's what we're all about is, is, you know, um, catering to our community. Uh, that's what the, that's what the OG um, cannabis community was always about. It's always about your community. And uh, I think we're still bringing that energy to the legal market. Uh, well said for sure. Dustin, you, you kind of took us through the, the process of, of how you get from, 
you know, growing to, to selling the seed. What is the reason that you use cocoa when growing? It's just very forgiving, uh, especially if you're in a commercial environment. Um, so if there's an oopsie daisy, um, it can be fixed very quickly. Um, it's just, it's a really good medium. I've grown in it for years. Um, <clears throat> eventually, um, down the line, we are going to be switching to more of a, uh, I guess, a soil-based system or soil mixed in with uh, the cocoa. But um, I, I really find cocoa is, uh, is, is really good. If I could get quality soil around here that, was, uh, that I could trust and, and uh, for heavy metals uh, contamination, stuff like that, it wouldn't have it. I would probably go with it. But there just isn't anything like that to provide a commercial amount uh, to something like what we're doing, but uh, I grow with cocoa mainly because it's a very, very forgiving medium. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's easy to work with. It's easy to train people. Uh, it's easy to teach people uh, with cocoa. And um, yeah, that's the biggest part is how forgiving it is for me though. I, the thing I love about this, uh, this plant in general is that I'm just constantly learning. Like, you know, I didn't know what a terpene was before I started this show. And I didn't know, you, you taught me something, and my wife too today, about uh, how the smells are different uh, between night and day. And, and you know what? For a lot of people, they think cannabis is one smell, skunk, right? Like, you know, they, you, know you, 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 hear, you hit a skunk or something, you know, somebody's smoking some weed. People think there is one smell. But, you know, as you dive into it, there is so much more. So can you explain, Dustin, the difference between night and day smells when it comes to cannabis? Really what happens at nighttime is just the plant is, I guess you could call it gassing off. I don't know, uh, I don't know the science behind it, obviously, but uh, when you go into a, a room when it's dark, especially close to when the lights are about to come on, um, it, it's, it smells amazing. It's almost like uh, when you go outside a, in an early spring morning and everything's fresh. Uh, or even in the summertime, just that early morning uh, smell. Like when you go to a golf course early in the morning, it smells different than it does later in the day. Um, it's, just, it's the same as your grow room. Uh, I really, uh, uh, I really believe in going in your grow rooms when it's dark before the lights come on to get a real good sense of of how strong your plants are going to be terpene wise, because that'll tell you a lot about your plants. And as you guys smelt in the room uh, today, there's some amazing smells that come along with these different uh, cultivars we've got here. Well, I, I, as I told you guys in the email when we set this up uh, after the tour, I'm really excited. I've kind of got like an itch, and this is the perfect time of the year to kind of get that itch for a lot of people. Um, you know, my, my, I can't wait to someday down the road uh, create my own cultivar and, and breed it. And, you know, Kylie, that seems to be like one of the coolest things ever to have something that, you know, you create, you name, and then, you know, what it, whether it's out there uh, from uh, your standpoint or I just enjoy it as a home grower. I mean, that is something that I think uh, is, would be so amazing uh, to, to be able to do. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot to choosing names uh, in the legal side. It was definitely a lot easier um, for legacy folks. They could go with what they want. They could do whatever branding they want. They could um, copy, you know, other kinds of things like, you know, Fruity Pebbles is named mm -hmm. after a breakfast cereal. And of course, because of regulation, uh, we probably are not going to be able to call it Fruity Pebbles. Um, so, um, 
And then when it comes to breeding, we always want to make sure, um, you know, anytime we breed something back on itself that we are paying homage to the original breeder. So like we came out with Kenbury Diesel, that was by Black Hor uh, Dark Horse Genetics. And uh, we made sure that, that people knew where that genetic came from. We, we lucked out, we got a male and a female. So we did a, um, you know, those were some of our initial genetics that we came out with. Um, and we, uh, we also, um, you know, when it comes to these next uh, nine, 10 cultivars, um, we have to start figuring out some names because we can't just like these, can't put all the names just together. We, we want to, you know, make it ours. Um, we do want to pay homage to the original breeders. I'm actually going to be working with uh, a couple of pretty neat uh, weed reviewers in Canada from across Canada on a little naming project. Um, maybe we might even run a contest. I think that mm. might be neat for later on to name, name a cultivar. Um, so yeah, like, and then you have to make sure that it's compliant, uh, as well. Uh, some of the provinces have different rules on that. So you want to kind of fly under the radar. You don't want to copycat, uh, somebody else. Uh, you want people to know what to expect with that cultivar. So if it is, you know, two specific things, making sure that if the name doesn't capture it, that at least our website uh, would show the lineage. So people have an expectation of, of what the, um, of what the, the experience is going to be like. So there's lots, there's lots to that side of things as well. Um, it's also a matter of, you know, when you grow it out, what is the effect once you put these two cultivars together? Um, you know, what, what does that, what does that make? And um, so we're really excited for all the work we're doing. There's a ton of research and development we're doing, um, which is has been, you know, to be able to do it um, commercially alongside, to be able to do these massive pheno hunts together um, with lots of different cultivars and really picking out the best genetics, the best chemovars um, before crossing them, I think is a huge advantage and, and we love doing it. That sounds so much fun. It sounds like an incredible <laughs> amount of work, but it sounds so much fun and, and it's, a, it's a passion and it's not so much work when it is a passion, isn't it? There is a reason that a lot, not a lot of companies are doing it. It's because number one, it's risky. Um, it is a risky undertaking. You've got a whole building full of pollen. Uh, you know, you've got, um, so, you know, Lots of companies, you know, they want to mainly focus on on their bread and butter, which is which is flower sales um, and competing with the illicit market in genetics has definitely uh, there are companies that attempted to do it early on in legalization. They didn't put a ton of energy into it. I won't name names. Uh, they put out some very expensive, poor genetics. Um, and so we've had, actually had a we've had a little bit of a tough time overcoming that first legalization hump. Um, but yeah, we're just really dedicated to our craft. Uh, the other thing about that makes it, um, that makes it tough is, you know, we've got over 50 cultivars going right now. I think just about like, if you consider our moms that we have that we're growing up for clones for the medical side. Um, and so the record keeping is enormous. The, you have to take track of every single plant in your build in your in your building. Each plant, if you only have one, that's a lot. So there's you know there's a lot more um, back end work to it, and um, you know we're we're we are are confident and we are competent. 
in in what we're doing and um and i think that's going to show in the next couple of years as as we uh as we really develop our processes mm, that's uh and i i love the I love the future outlook. I, I think uh, this is going to be something that people are really going to get excited about uh, in you know growing at home um, as we continue. Now, the one thing that I think is uh, so cool um, is your setup, and we were so grateful to see it. And, and I have uh, this uh, this video that I'm going to show as you guys can talk about how this setup went. I would love to include the song that goes along, but uh, YouTube will not allow that. Uh, so uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't figure they would. <laughs> so I, I've. I've <laughs> I'm going to play this without sound, uh, but this is amazing. So t- kind of take us through the, the process as I'll uh, roll, whoops. I'll roll, this video, roll the video without the, uh, the song. So, so here we go. This is the process. This is unbelievable that, uh, that this is going on here. So this is the second side that was done. So we have we have two bays, as you remember. So this is the the west the west bay. Uh, we actually did the east bay the day before. So um, the day before, it took us the entire day to get those four pods in because we were just figuring it out. This side took about four hours, like three three and a half hours maybe. Um, hmm. So they they had really they had figured it out. They had figured it all out by by that time. Like okay, this is this is how we're gonna we're gonna do this. Uh, all in all, we needed three cranes. That crane that's set up right there that you can see at the front that's a spider crane. So that crane actually folds down and it can actually fit through a regular doorway. <laughs> yeah. So it actually, like, it's so cool. These crane guys, I will do a shout out to Excalibur Crane. If you need any crane work, uh, these guys were super pro. Um, then we had a, we had a big carry deck outside and, um, and another large, um, I think it was another, another large crane that was actually what would pick up the, 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 pick it off right off the truck. So each, each, uh, pod was trucked in that day. And as they were trucked in, we we brought them in. So the the way we did it was we brought one we brought one room in, and then they lifted it up, and then they brought the other ones underneath it. So you can kind of see, and then we just lowered them down. And then when they pushed them all together, that was all manpower. They had them all on little skates, and they actually just pushed them physically with their body weight across huh. the floor. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, this is when yeah. you showed me this video, I was like, cause I was wondering, I'm like, how did they get this in here? So, and then you ba- basically build around the, the containers, right? Yeah. So like initially what we did, um, you know, because we knew like there was a ton of, of for pre-planning to this. Um, mm. Like I basically did the, the, we, we did the project management together, planning out, um, you know, we had friends that all have different skills. We have a friend that is an archi- uh, architectural technologist. He helped us do all the, the layout of everything, what we needed. Um, and then we just got all of our contractors together and started planning it, um, making sure that the floors were all prepped, moved all the, the pods in. And then we actually poured all the floors around the pods. Wow. Uh, it's it's very yeah, impressive. It, it, you know, I I wasn't expecting up. I was expecting more of uh, like a bungalow sort of uh, situation and and kind of uh, horizontal. But I think that's brilliant. Uh, the use of those, you know, sea cans is, is kind of perfect, Dustin, for what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's ideal for what we're doing. You can mitigate stuff if it's uh, if it happens. 
Uh, it allows us to uh, uh, do crops. So it's uh, and it's uh, perfect for the small for the small space that we had. We maximized uh, our uh, our allowable um, uh, footprint, I guess you could say, our allowable canopy. This this allowed us to really maximize to to use for space. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Kylie, when we were there, uh, we, you know, met uh, some of the people that you're working with, including some uh, students that were there um, from, I think it was Norquest uh, College. Can you tell us how that works out and how that program uh, is is kind of affiliated with Parkland Flower? Yeah, uh, we're a part of uh, North uh, Norquest Colleges. Um, they have uh, they have a cannabis trimming course uh, that um, anyone can take. It's an online course. It's got some great information. Um, we are actually working with them to um, to expand the program to be more of a cultivation technology class um, where it's a little bit more hands-on. It's not just focused on the trimming because uh, trimming is just one side and it's, it's the end product. Whereas, um, you know, there's harvesting, cloning, watering, um, or, or irrigation, um, there's defoliation, um, pest management, uh, you know, being able to identify pests. Um, and then there's even the processing side of things. And really trimming is a processing activity. It's not necessarily, a, a you know, in with the plants, a, a cultivation activity. Um, so, you know, we're really kind of working with them. They, they provide us with the students that have taken the course, um, the the students uh, have to complete 14 hours of on-the-job training, which is basically a, a two two days at Parkland Flower. Uh, we get them doing various jobs depending on the day. We usually plan everything for Mondays and Tuesdays. So Mondays and Tuesdays of every week, um, we have uh, positions open for students. Um, and uh, yeah, North Northwest College has been a, a great ally uh, in the space. As you know, again, being a small startup. Uh, 10 month delay really ate into our um, operating capital and our ability to pay salaries. Um, so being able to have um, basically interns come in, help out, do some work, um, and then also being able to apply for uh, student student grants um, to, to help offset the costs of, of having, we wanna be able to, to give full gainful employment with living, wages uh we're just not there yet we we will get there um we're just not there yet right now we're still a lot of growing pains <laughs> um you know some of us haven't taken salaries for a while um it's you know um but that's 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 how you grow indeed this is uh kind of an uh, certainly an industry i i don't think if you if you're getting into the cannabis industry to get rich uh, i think you're in for the wrong reasons uh, you should be in it for the the passion and um you know the the results and the the satisfaction that you get from it and i think you know more uh satisfaction and and I'm more exposure for for growers big and small would be the farm gate option i know bc has talked about it I would love to see it. And for people that don't know, that's being able to go tour a facility and be able to buy some of the product, just like you would do in the wine region. I'd imagine you'd be all for that, Kylie. A hundred percent. And I actively advocate for that. Um, the AGLC is, is definitely listening. Um, you know, they have a lot on their plate right now. The entire governments, the governments everywhere have a lot on their plate right now with COVID and things like that. Um, and really just, um, 
um, you know, trying to revitalize the economy. And that's kind of where we've been making our push, um, especially with the Alberta Cannabis Micro License Association, um, you know, pushing for um, them to start writing policy that that would include that. I mean, really, it just involves us being able to have a sales license for us to be able to take inventories, send inventory lists to the AGLC. Uh, you know, we are highly regulated already by Health Canada. Our record keeping is audited. We get inspections, you know, so um, the, the, the ability to do it is definitely there. We just, you know, we've got to get a few more folks on board and comfortable with it. Um, but yeah, I would love to see like a cannabis you trim. Mm. Come trim your own weed, right? Like how fun, you know, get a group on <laughs> you and your, <laughs> you and your, you and your friends come in and instead of having a paint night, have a trim night, you know? So I think there's, um, I think that's really like the cannabis 3.0 or the cannabis 4.0 and, and that's really like cannabis tourism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you might've answered my next question, but uh, Dustin, oh. I'll start with you. What is the next big thing in cannabis? Do you think Dustin? Cannabis tourism, it's going to be huge once it's, uh, once people can figure out, once COVID's over, obviously, um, it'll be that and topicals. Those are the two, those are the two big ones, I think, but uh, cannabis tourism will be huge. People are going to want to go out. People are going to want to go to a beautiful little destination spot and enjoy cannabis, a bud and breakfast. Yeah. And yeah. to touch on the topicals, like, you know, being able to go to a spa and having a cannabis infused mud bath, having, you know, being mm -hmm. able to have an edible and get your massage, have, being able to have like a, can a CBD infused uh, massage oil, you know, being able to be administered by a professional. Like those are the kinds of things that are simply not available uh, to consumers right now. Yeah, I envision a day where uh, I can fly into a city and I can uh, stay at a bud and breakfast, as you kind of alluded to. I can go on, uh, get on a bus tour that's going to take me to some cool retail shops and take me to an LP and things like that, and then go out for a nice cannabis-infused meal and a couple of cannabis drinks uh, at a lounge somewhere. That, I think, is the future. And I also think, you know, the, the topicals that um, the people that aren't interested in getting high but are interested in some pain relief, well, that's coming as well. So I think those are the two biggest things uh you know for, for the for the industry moving forward but you know we we have to jump on this cannabis tourism we should be considered the legal amsterdam right now the the amsterdam yep. of legality is what canada should be considered and i know covid has obviously thrown a wrench into all that but uh, you know kylie coming out of this we should make the uh, the canadian flag you know i'm not saying like you only think of weed but you know guys and gals that are interested in cannabis should be coming here for those experiences right now and it's not just the experiences look at medical tourism i mean there yeah. are canadians that go down to mexico to get their dental work done you know cannabis is the first g7 country to be fully legalized there haven't been many more yet there's you know hundreds of other countries uh where they have cancer patients with you know incurable things where they just want some relief and cannabis could be one of those things that gives them that relief and if it's not available in their country people are willing to travel for that kind of treatment uh for a, a fully immersive holistic 
uh, healing experience. And, um, and we should be, we should be jumping on that and, and providing that safe place for safe haven, a safe medical haven for uh, people who want to, to consume cannabis medically. And, it's, and we, we only have a, a limited amount of time before the U.S. and a whole bunch of other countries start legalizing. So I always use the analogy, we're in an 800-meter race with a 200-meter start, and we're close to being lapped by the United States if they federally legalize. So, you know, I, I love it. I love the fact that I can buy a joint, come home and smoke it. Nobody's calling the cop. I love the amount of research that is being done on the plant right now and the benefits we're going to have. But we also have to look at this from a from a uh, an industry side and and make sure that this industry is able to thrive and survive absolutely and like when you look at the u.s you know there are not many states left now Mm -hmm. that are not legal in some form or another there's only really a handful of states that that don't have any form of medical cannabis um uh in uh, legalized um and so they're they're already going they're they're ready um Mm -hmm. i don't know necessarily if they like the operators in the the those legal states particularly california and colorado even want federal legalization in the sense that as soon as you get the fda's fingers in there that becomes really complicated Mm -hmm. um and they're not in there right now so you know the federal legalization for for canadians the biggest impact it's going to make on us uh, for um, mainly in the industry side is going to be the banking. It right. is our ability to be able to do banking uh, in the cannabis industry. But I don't know. I don't know if they are moving as quickly on federal legalization as everybody thinks they are. Mm, no I think time. we're looking, we're still looking down the road. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen in the next uh, year or two, but, uh, you know, maybe at the end of the administration. But that's certainly, uh, you know, other yeah. people's problems right now. Uh, we, <laughs> we can uh, be excited and look forward to the future of cannabis here in Canada. Sure. Kylie and Dustin, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you so much for the tour and uh, showing us, because I think transparency is really important in this industry as well. And to be able to show people how professional and clean and everything it is, is uh, just a benefit. Thanks so much and best of luck to Parkland Flower moving forward. Thank you so so much. out and follow us on social media at the cannabis 101 on twitter at the cannabis 101 podcast on instagram and at the canna 101 podcast on facebook you can email us at cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com